on SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. It is good to be back as well in Studio Lumo on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Jared Walsh here joined by Dan Menzel. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. It's finals time, baby. It's great to see you, men. It's great to see you too, Walshy. I've missed you the last couple of weeks. So just tell us, where have you been? What have you been up to? I went over to Bali with my family for 10 days, which was lovely, All apart from the earthquake which happened, which was a bit weird and scary. That would have been. So what, what happened there? Well, the earth quoke. <laughs> That's a word. Well, okay, sorry. We didn't, we didn't feel the earthquake here in no. Australia, so I'd like to know. So four o'clock in the morning, I woke up, and I didn't really sleep that well at the accommodation in Bali. What they normally do is they say, oh, um, you can pick the type of pillow that you would like to okay. sleep on. So I picked one for me, which was a really firm pillow with kind of like that space foam. I picked the anti-snoring one for my wife because she snores <laughs> like a beast, and I've spoken to her about that before. She's fine. Um So then I was struggling to sleep, but then I felt some movement and I thought, oh, that's a little bit weird. Tried to go back to sleep. And then again, the whole room started shaking horizontally. And I spoke to Bix about this. You always associate noise with things like that. Like I like to say that if you're in the water and a shark comes near you, you expect to hear Jaws music or something. So you get some sort of warning. That doesn't happen. There was no noise associated with this. The room was just shaking and then it stopped. So following on from that, there's this anxiety and fear that it's going to happen again. You think a tsunami's going to happen. Were you near a beach? Were you right near a beach? Uh, 200 metres from the oh water. Oh, gosh. So, and there were signs all around the accommodation saying, here's your spot if there's a tsunami, go this way. So immediately I'm like, far out. They're preparing for this. So um, I had a look on social media, which was a horrible thing to do because then tweets started coming out. It was 71 on the Richter scale, I think it is. Um, and then I... So hang on, so you, you would have been expecting a tsunami? Yeah. So we called up um, reception and then they said, no, it's fine because it was so deep in the water, yeah. there was no tsunami. Over okay. the next couple of days, we went onto the beach in Legion where we were staying. So that's in between Seminyak and Kuda. Yep. And you could see some of the, the tide had changed in regards to like some of the shore had eroded. It was... It was bizarre and it was scary, but apart from that, it was good. And you would appreciate my sports top enthusiasm, having a look around at the most important tops for sale. So the Leo Messi into Miami shirt was a big seller. Quality, good quality. Good quality, yep. Um, there was a Victor Wembenyama from the San Antonio Spurs, the number one draft pick. LeBron James was there. Sam Kerr, very wow. popular Matilda's how, tops. How much are we talking Australian? Well, it depends of where you kind of yep. shopped and how you wanted to negotiate the deal. So they tried to sell them for about $45 okay. Australian, which I thought was a bit... Um, That's pricey over Yeah, there. it's a bit ambitious. Yep. So I managed to go in direct and said, I don't like playing these games because I feel sometimes when you go over to overseas and people like to barter, sometimes Australians especially like to take advantage of the Balinese people. Yep. And when you think about it, like if it's a $2 difference between something, yeah. they are a tourist destination that has still been heavily affected by COVID where no one was traveling there. So um, I ended up spending about 30 Australian dollars for two. So I was very happy yeah, with that. There were um, AFL Guernseys there. I didn't see any Sandful Guernseys, which is um, probably a good thing because it'd be a copyright issue. <laughs> um, but funnily enough, I saw lots of people from Adelaide over there. 
which is great when you try to get away from Adelaide. Yeah. You always find people that you know in Adelaide. What have you been doing? Like, how's your missus going? You got a kid on the way? The footy season's over? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been good since the footy season's finished for me. A little bit more downtime. Um, my fiance Ash is seven or eight weeks away now, so that's starting to all happen for our first child. So it's very exciting times. I'm going to the Royal Adelaide show today. Actually, I haven't been since I was a kid. That's so. awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Ash loves animals, so we'll spend about six hours in the sheep and horse enclosure today, yes. no doubt. But um, yeah, no, it's it's good. Things are very good with us at the moment, so happy at the moment. And uh, looking forward to, we haven't talked sample too much yet, but I'm looking forward to the finals this weekend. I'll be calling the game on SENSA. If you can't get to the ground, then definitely tune in to 1629 SENSA and we'll be calling both games. Uh, Sturt taking on Centrals this Sunday at 12.15 followed by Glenelg taking on Adelaide at 3.15. We're going to talk to some key people from both of those teams as well. So uh, the footy boss from the Doggies, Mark Ross, will join us a little bit later on and the new Ken Farmer medalist, Lockie Hosey, will be speaking with us as well. Let's get into what you liked from the weekend. Tell so, us what you liked. So what I liked was we know that the Adelaide Football Club won by seven points, as did the Central Districts Football Club. They won by seven points over Sturt and Port Adelaide respectively. But what I really like was the last quarters of both of these sides. We know that they're both very fit sides. Adelaide's got the AFL program and Central's uh, have nailed their fitness program this year. They're playing a big deck. And so for both of these teams, they were both behind in the last quarter. But they proved too strong on the weekend. They overran the opposition. Adelaide kicking five goals to one in the last to beat Sturt. And the Dogs three goals to one to Port Adelaide in the last quarter. It puts them in a really good position to be able to catapult over the next few weeks because they know that they'll be able to run out games as well as any team. What about the negative stuff? Yeah, unfortunately, it's the double blues that make the unfortunate and the didn't like this weekend. They had a 21-point lead at halftime, a 16-point lead at three-quarter time. This was their chance and opportunity to really put themselves up there to win the premiership this year. It's not all over and it's not all doom and gloom, but they have a few guys out this week, which we'll get into later in the matchups with... Uh, we know Paddy Wilson, unfortunately, now is out for the rest of the season. It's a partial ACL, so he won't play. Will Coombless... So did that happen? That must have happened on the Friday night. Because I actually game. spoke to Marty Matner, yep. and I said to him, I, I looked out at the, the players out on the ground. I'm like, mate, Paddy Wilson's not there. We, is he playing? Because we have our, like, player matchups and the key players to look out for. Yep. And I asked him, and off microphone, he said, no, nah, no, nah, he played Friday night, though. So, wow, I didn't realise it was that bad. No, so I don't think they knew initially, but obviously scans and whatnot have happened. And so, unfortunately, he's going to have surgery. So, effectively... So, partial ACL, can you explain that to me? Does that mean you're still having your 12 months out normally? Uh, it depends on the degree of it. So, <laughs> Paddy Wilson, unfortunately, yeah, could be out for 9 to 12 months. Uh, um, if it is not as bad as what um, most are, then potentially it's just a little clean up and he will be able to get himself right for the start of the year. But we'll need to know more information. But that's a huge blow yeah. for the Double Blues because we know how important he is to them. But the other reasons is Will Coomless has been suspended. He's missing this week. And Guy Page is out with concussion. So that is – I know Wilson didn't play last week, but that's three massive players that won't be there on the weekend for the Double Blues against Central Districts this week. So – it opens it up for the dogs. It's nice for the dogs, but it also means it makes it that much tougher for the double blues who 
were up by a fair margin, 16 points at three-quarter time, have now found themselves in a real hole. couple of questions for you. Um, first of all, as we prepare to speak to Lockie Hosey, so Glenelg had the week off, and if they win this weekend against Adelaide, they get another week off. Are you a fan of the way that that works, or do you just want to play footy for consistency? No, I'm a big fan of the way that works. I think once you get to this stage of the year, you've played maybe 18 games. Most of the guys playing on the weekends will not be 100%. They'll be sore. So to be able to have the break and just give yourself and your body that little bit longer, I reckon a lot of guys off the back of six- and seven-day breaks, they feel pretty good, but they're not quite there. You give them 13, 14 days, they are cherry ripe. And the example I'll give is back in 2021 when we played against Glenelg in that grand final, we played them in the second semi, which is coming up this weekend, Glenelg versus Adelaide, the same game. We beat them by four points. If we had lost that game, we would have had three or four guys that probably wouldn't have played in the prelim. Uh, and we would have really battled to actually win the prelim and actually make it to the grand final. So I'm a big fan of the break, and it rewards your team. Okay, the other one is Adelaide, because they were really good over the weekend, and they've earned their spot after the seven-point victory against Sturt. Um, we spoke to Jack Madgen on breakfast this morning with Mark Bickley here in Studio Loom, and we asked about the availability of Matt Crouch, because now he is available because he's qualified, he's committed to the club for another two seasons, and he's played the majority of his football in the sample this year. Yeah, Where's your headspace when it comes to that? Because Jack Madgen and a lot of those boys want to win the premiership yep. for Adelaide because that's their only team they're going to play for this year. Um, in my mind, I kind of think Matt Crouch should be playing. Help the team win a flag. But that might be different in the way that he's thinking. I don't know. It's a very interesting question because I think there's a few hats here that have been worn. If you put the hat of his manager on, he is telling him you do not play. Yep. Because we've got a two-year deal. You are right to go for round one, expecting to play round one next year. You get injured, things change. If you put the teams on, it's we want to win the flag. I feel like Matt will have a little bit in both camps. He'll go, I want to play. I want to dominate. I want to help this team win and my teammates. It'll be something pretty special. But at the same time, who knows? He might have had a few cans last weekend and gone, I'm just going to enjoy myself after a long year. So that's a very interesting watch, as is Kieran Strawn. Yeah. He is massive to this footy club, and and I think he'll be back this weekend, which for mine, I know it's it's a big loss for Sturt, but it's as equally big a win for Adelaide because – they win that, and now they play Glenelg with Strawn likely to come back in, maybe Matt Crash to come back in, compared to if it changes in the last quarter, they're in a do-or-die against the Dogs. Wow. It's, uh, it's set up nicely for Adelaide. Now, you are not the reigning Ken Farmer medalist anymore. That that title has officially been taken off you. It's Stripped. like it's like when you start a new season, you're not the reigning premier anymore if a new premiership happens. So are you Okay. Yes, but you are forever a Ken Farmer medalist. You are forever you are a Ken Farmer Forever medalist. a premiership player. So um, that is, look, congratulations. We will speak to him, but congratulations to Lockie Hosey. He did come second last year. He's, he's put together three or four high-quality years. He had the opportunity at North Melbourne briefly as well. So it's good to see someone who it's not he hasn't come from nowhere. The longevity yeah. and continuity has been there, and he deserves it. And uh, looking forward to having a chat with him. He's always a good bit of fun, Hose. Well, he's on the line, so we're going to do that next. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. It certainly feels like finals as well on the Sandful Show on SENSA. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League.
Can't believe we are here. Dan Menzel is joining myself, Jared Walsh, in Studio Lumo on SENSA Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. It was a brilliant first weekend of finals where there was a team that just sat back men's and they got to have a look to see who they were playing this weekend. And I'm not too sure how they'd be feeling if we talk from a team perspective. Glenelg facing Adelaide this weekend and a man who's going to be responsible for kicking a bag of goals is... I mean, he's the new Ken Farmer medalist, speaking to the reigning Ken Farmer medalist in Dan Menzel. And we say good afternoon to you, Lockie Hosey. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, Hose, it's good to have you. And uh, as Walshie said there, congrats on winning the Ken Farmer this year. 52 goals. You had it sewn up basically all year. You kicked six goals against Port Adelaide in round two. Uh, You must have been, I guess we'll start personally, happy with how the body held up and how your season went. Yeah, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a consistent season, which I probably um, wanted for a while now. Um, good to play all, all the games, that's for sure. Um, and on a personal note, yeah, it's um, been good to obviously um, get on top of the Ken Farm, obviously coming second to, to your great self last year, mate. So, um, yeah, I guess it's good to, I guess, tick that box off to try to, to win one for sure. But, um yeah, I guess it all starts. It all starts now, really. Um, it doesn't really matter what's happened. It's all in the next couple of weeks, I guess. No, exactly right. And no, it's your consistency the last couple of seasons at this level to be able to do it week in, week out, which has shone through. And I just want to ask about the forward line dynamic with Liam McBean up there. Luke Reynolds is back to his best form this year with 37 goals. Such a damaging forward line. How do you fit everyone in? And um, you've even found a way to get Matty Coulthard drafted mid-year as well. It's it's a pretty incredible forward line. Yeah, it is. Probably, reflecting on it's probably one of the best forward lines I've played in, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, obviously with Matty getting drafted this year, which is which is pretty cool too for him. Um, but I guess the way you kind of look at it is, um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a genuine privilege to play with those two. Like Liam's won three Ken Farmers and, and Luke's, won the goal kicking at the club. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a damaging forward line, I guess. We've played with each other, um, you know, for about five years now. So we, we, we get a good um, base on each other's game and we're really good mates off the field um, and the connection's there. But um, I guess really, well, at the end of the day, one of us is probably going to get off the chain. And I guess that was probably me at the start of the year and got a little bit more attention and Liam pops up. And then when you kind of put, you know, two defenders to us, then... You know, you've got Luke there as well. So, um, yeah, it is damaging. It's going to be a weapon for us um, going forward in the next couple of weeks, that's for sure. That must be a really pleasing thing for you, though, Lockie, to have three players in the top five of the leading goal kickers in the competition to know that, yeah, one of you is going to get off the chain. However, there's not the reliance on specifically one person to perform every week. So if you do have a down match, then you have the ability to rely on your other teammates to get the job done. And that, that for me, is a, a team-focused attack. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's a, it's a, we got a little group in the forward line, which is which is team first, and um, yeah, I, as I said before, if one of us gets gets locked down, you've got two quality other forwards to to pop up and kick your goals, which is yeah. I mean, to be honest, it does sound pretty cliche, but we don't really mind who kicks the goals as long as you know we're getting it in and we're getting good looks. Um, you know, then I guess that's benefiting the team, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really good to play with those two. And you chuck in Matt Allen that comes down there and James Bell, who's, who's um, hopefully going to light it up at, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it is a damaging forward line, that's for sure. 
Hose, I'm glad you mentioned those guys because I want to move to the midfield and Matt Allen's year. And the other one I reckon that's been an absolute standout for you guys is Corey Lyon's season. These are two yep. guys that I reckon will be in the top five of the McGarry medal. We know how good Matt Allen has been for such a long time, but he's doing it inside this year. And for Corey Lyons to find his feet, uh, you must be wrapped for those guys with the form they're in. Oh, 100%. Um, and, you know, as we both know, mate, like when you come back from being on a list for so long, it is really hard to find your feet. Um, and the maturity um, that they've both shown on and off the field um, and it's, it's relating to their game is being first class. I think Matt's, um, you know, the, the premier wingman in the competition and will go really close to obviously winning it next Monday night and to add that inside game um, to his game and to come down and kick goals as well. You know, like he's kicked a pack of six this year. Like, um, it's just been, it's been great to watch. And just touching on Corey, I think he's had the most underrated season in the competition, to be honest. Um, the last, well, well, eight to ten weeks for him has been... Um, first class, and um, he's taken his game to another level. Um, and it's you know, as a good mate, it's been it's been really good to watch. Can you point your finger at why the success has happened so rapidly, Lockie? Now, this is coming from an outsider's point of view, but your reserves sitting yep. comfortably on the top of the table to finish the season too. So, I mean, you you see where the club's at right now, and from mm. external sources, it's probably been unexpected. Is this something you felt within that has been developing over the past few seasons to put you where you are now? Yeah, mate, it's a great question. Um, I think when you look over the last couple of years, we've been around the mark, um, obviously losing in 2021 and then last year just falling short to Nord who went on and winning it. Um, I think the list has been there and I think there's no doubt about that. Um, and I think the perception of us as being a quite a talented team, if you, if you probably had to kind of ask. But, um, you know, to sit one in the reserves and one in the league probably shows where we're at as an organisation. But can't take much credit away from, from Darren Reeves coming in, mate. He's been, he's been unbelievable um, to start in January, I guess, really, and finish minor premier shows a lot about him as a person um, and as a coach. He's brought... Um, an all-in attitude, which we've probably lacked the last couple of years, I think, as a club. Um, and, you know, the focus on um, relationships, culture, brotherhood is something that we really stand for. And I think that will show, um, hopefully will hold us a long way going forward. But, um, yeah, mate, he's been, he's been so good. Um, breath of fresh air. And I know all the players um, love him and love to play for him. So he's been unreal. Now, something that I asked men's at the start of the show, I wanted to ask you as well. Are you a fan of the week off? Because the way that the finals is structured, you have a week off, and then if you win this weekend, yep. you have a week off. Would you rather be playing, or has the week off been really good for you to freshen up a little bit? I think the week off's been really good for us as a club. I know we had a couple of people miss, would have missed if we played last week through concussion, and um, you know a lot of boys were sore. So, I mean, I guess that's what you get for finishing finishing top you get you know a week off and then pretty much two chances to get into a grand final um so i think it's i mean i guess other people can say then you can keep your form going you don't get a week off but um for me and i think as a club we've really benefited as, um for the week off and um really excited to tackle adelaide on the weekend who i mean had a great win on the weekend coming back from six goals down, I think it was. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting into it this Sunday, that's for sure. Yeah, they, they did have a really good win, and they've really tested you this year when they've played you. So, I guess just on Adelaide, what's the challenge this week, and what have you got to stop? 
I think the midfield battle is probably where it's won and lost, I reckon. Um, I mean, they've got some quality, quality players in there. Um, their outside run, their run half back has been first class and it's it's cut us up a few times this year. And I think both times when we've played them, it's been obviously that we've beaten the first time, it was close, and the next time was I think it was only three goals. So it's been pretty quality football played um, throughout those games. But their players off half back and their quality, all of their stars in the midfield, um, you know, we're going to have to match them and be on defensively. I think if we. Um, match them with our defence. I think we've got a long way to hopefully get an in. We can kick a kick a better score than them. So I think that's where it's won and lost on the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. It kicks off at three fifteen. The second semi final, Glenelg taking on Adelaide. Now, Hose, I want to ask you this question. It might be a hard one to answer, but I want yep. you to compare the team to the twenty twenty one team that won seventeen straight yeah. leading into the finals. Which team do you think is better placed, or, or potentially just better all round? Um, it's a t- I was actually thinking about this the other day, to be honest. So um, I think I've got a lot of good mates in the 2021, but I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to take this year, I think. Um, I think, as I said, as I touched on before, um, I think you would know as well, I think we're, we're a real talented team in 2021, and I think it probably got shown up in... Um, I mean, it's a classic, classic quote, the talent only gets you so far, um, you know. So I think this year, with what we've brought in, we've... we've um, tidied up our defence and all-round team defence, um, looking to move the ball a bit quicker um, and get it into you know our opponent forward line. Um, I think I think that holds us in better stead going going into this year than 2021. I think. Um, I mean, we had some we had a pretty good team in 21, but I guess so did you guys as well, and probably showed on Grand Final day. So um, yeah, I think we're, we're we're excited. We're not confident, but we're excited to um, to to attack it this week and see where we get to um, and. Yeah, who knows? You never know what can happen in, in, in the next couple of weeks. But I think we're I think we're pretty pretty well based off this year, um, compared to twenty one. So I'd probably pick this year. Lucky, sure. in your professional footballing opinion, do you think uh Matt Crouch should probably have another week off and just focus on the fact he's uh recommitted to Adelaide in the AFL, so therefore he'll miss this weekend against Glenelg? Yeah, absolutely. I think he'll probably have a couple of drinks this weekend to celebrate. I reckon. Um, don't worry about putting on the boots this week. He, he deserves. Uh, he deserves it. Deserves what he gets. Um, you know, he's been a quality player, and to play against him, um, you know, this year and to and to see what he's done in the back end of the year has been huge. But yeah, I think you, yeah, mate, if he's listening, yeah, just have a couple couple sherbets this week and celebrate, mate. You'll be right. This last one before we let you go. I just want to find out: um, Will you be taking anyone to the McGarry Medal? <laughs> no, I'll be going. I'll be going single this year, mate. Um, yeah, haven't haven't found a date unfortunately, so um, might have to look into that. We'll see how we go, but no, I'll be going solo this year. So. Yeah, nah, nah, very good from you. It was very, it was a very good way to end the chat as well. Um, congratulations on an outstanding season, um, individually, but also as a team. We've we've all been watching Glenelg in awe, mate, and we know that the real stuff starts right now. So you get an opportunity this weekend to make your way into the grand final, and we know that you're going to be heavily supported as well. So congrats and thanks for joining us on the Sample Show. No, thank you, guys. Love the chat. Thanks so much. Appreciate Thanks, Hose. Lucky Hosey joining us, and uh, he's had an outstanding season, men's. And as we said, like there's there's three of the players, McBean, Reynolds, and Hosey, in the the top five of the goal kickers. So w- we know that strange things happen when it comes to the finals. But Glenelg are on the top of the ladder and finished there for a reason. They are just a force. They are a force, and that's so interesting. A couple of things he mentioned in that chat. He talked about the all in attitude that Darren Reeves brought, and 
I just find it amazing what a good coach does when they get everyone moving in the right and the same direction. It's amazing. We see it through so many teams in this competition that you make a change in coach and they go from where they are mediocre last year with a talented list to currently the best team in the competition. Um, so it is, it's very interesting that he talked about that. And the other point that he made was in 2021, when they won 17 straight, but they lost the grand final to the Eagles. They were the number four defense that year. Whereas this year they are the number one defense. Mm. So not only are they so potent in attack, but they are, and they have shored up their defense as well. They play a big final against Adelaide this weekend on Sunday at Adelaide Oval. That's going to be huge. Uh, The other big game that's going to happen is Sturt taking on Central District. We are going to speak to Mark Ross from the Doggies straight after this on the Sample Show on SEN. On SENSA, welcome to the Sample Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. We are loving finals time as well. We just caught up with the reigning and brand new Ken Farmer medalist in Lockie Hosey from Glenelg who are preparing to take on Adelaide this weekend. And the team that's also still in it after a fantastic win against Port Adelaide over the weekend are Central Districts. Um, their footy boss, Mark Ross, joins us right now on the Sandful Show. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations because the doggies live to fight another day. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're very excited about uh, continuing our journey. Yeah, now, Rossi, well done. It's, it's first of all, to make finals is a great achievement from where the club's been, and now to have won a game. The comeback against Port Adelaide two weeks in a row, seven goals to four in the second half this week, and we know what happened the previous week out at Ex-Convenience Oval. You must be wrapped with how the boys are finishing games. Yeah, it's probably not a, a total surprise, Dan, in regards to our fitness program. I mean, strength conditioning off the field has been a big focus pre-season and then during the year as well, and, and Paul even spoke to him. A few weeks back when we you know, weren't 100% certain whether we'd be even playing finals about you know, what sort of program we needed to put in place to make sure that we were ready for finals. And you know, We've got a lot of elite runners who, as the game goes on, they keep going. Um, everyone talks about Granny, and he's, he's certainly one of them, but there's a number of others as well. And that program certainly helped them in good stead. Yeah, it certainly does. And so just on, you mentioned Harry Grant. I just want to touch on his year. It's... He's sort of, uh, maybe not for Central District supporters and people at the club, but for people externally, he's almost come from nowhere and he's absolutely one of the best players in the competition. His uh, rise must be incredible at the club and just to see him growing every week. Yeah, Dan, I think it just comes from his work ethic in the off-season in regards to he's really disappointed of how his 2022 campaign ended. Um, he had a lot of injuries last year, a lot of little niggles, and he just wasn't able to get any consistency in his form. This year during the pre-season, it's obviously my first year at the Dogs, but um, watching him in the off-season and how hard he worked on the training track, particularly on his running capabilities and getting from contest to contest was, was something to be seen. And he sort of just carried that on in, in, into the season in regards to his ability to keep finding the footy. He knows he's got some areas of the game where there's times he's calling for the balls in areas where we don't want him to and, and, and getting to contest and probably trying to do too much on occasions, but... Geez, we've been pretty picky when we say things like that because he's been outstanding and he's probably one of the blokes that we need to watch out for next Monday night. 
couple of really big key moments in the match over the weekend. Um, I, I want to talk about Aiden Grace in a moment because to see some of the goals that he kicked to really spark that comeback. But also, I love the end of the game, Mark, because I was standing at the western side of Adelaide Oval, about to walk onto the ground. We had no idea how long was left. And the ball was making its way just about inside the forward 50 um, of Port Adelaide at the southern end. And I heard a big expletive, and that was because the skipper, Jared Schiller, got kicked in the hand or something. So I heard an F word and then the ball went inside 50 for Port Adelaide the siren sounded there was an F word of relief so I felt like it kind of resembled the club about where you guys were at at that point of the game you made such a hard effort to get back into the game and the relief and excitement of getting through for another week where the mentality is anything can happen also why not us is that consistent throughout the club why not centrals it certainly has been uh, Walsh it's it has been very consistent. Actually. I mean, Paul actually mentioned that to the, to the playing group a couple of weeks ago. He, he's basically you know, said to them, why not us? You know, we, we've, we've done part one of the journey, which was to, to make finals and, and win enough games to get there and had a little bit of luck in that process, as, as other clubs of different times. Um, but then once you're there, it's, it's just, as I was saying, the old footy cliche, but you put one week at a time. But win three games, you give yourself a chance. Um so but at the moment, we've just got to worry about our opponent this week. But there would have been a certain, oh, sorry, a huge amount of relief um, from the coach's box right down to the playing group. Uh, you're right. When you come back from a little bit down and you finally get the front, it's almost you've got the momentum, you've got the crowd behind you. You all heard the doggies chant start to go up around the ground quite loud once we hit the front. That momentum takes you so far, but then when the opposition get their opportunity as well, you suddenly think, hang on, this game's not over yet. Um, so you're right that... The relief, I thought, it was from everybody, from the coaches' box right through to the playing group, to the officials and, and ground staff, was uh, evident on the day. I had to double-check the stats of Aiden Grace as well because he was so efficient. I think he had 10 disposals, which included five goals in there and two behind. So that's one of the best performances I've seen. But also in a final, um, you're going to need him to do that again on the weekend if you want to make it through another week. Yeah, I, yeah, we, we certainly need his his whole all round team performance and the ability to kick the goal. There's no there's no doubt about that. I mean, Aiden's greatest thing in the second half of this year in particular has been his ability to get up the ground, work really hard to then get back. He's got the ball over the back a couple of times, but then his his goal sense uh, and the ability to kick those match winning goals is obviously first class at times. And uh, look, on the weekend, it was just outstanding. Uh, as much as we talk about the goals, mate, that last pointy kick was pretty vital. <laughs> I mean, he was about 63 metres out going to the southern end into a slight breeze, and he kicked the point, which basically gave us that seven-point lead. And we probably knew from there. We'd, we'd already have the countdown that was under a minute. So we probably knew that from there that we were going to win the game. So that kick was just as important as the five goals, but look, he was outstanding. He was outstanding, and he had a great 2021, and uh, probably a bit the same as Harry Grant, a little bit down last year on his on his high standards. But it's great to see Aiden Grace in such good form again. Hey, just wanted to ask about the changes that yourself and Greg Edwards and the Footy Club made in the off season, I guess player and personnel wise. And did you expect it to turn so quickly? You brought in what seemed like uh, a whole new footy team of talent with the recruits, which was a bold strategy, and it certainly paid off. Yeah, look, it probably was a little bit bold, Dan. I mean, we we just looked at where we've been over the last few years. Myself, Paul and Greg got together pretty early from my appointment, which was sort of mid-September last year. And we discussed the list and where we were at. The biggest issue they had in the previous couple of years was the most talented under-18s were certainly coming up and playing reserve football, but they weren't ready for league football. 
So now I'm getting pumped playing reserves footy. The seniors obviously were, were improving, but losing a lot of close games. So we just looked at the club as a whole. We, we felt that we, we know over the next 24 months to, 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 to three years that we've actually got a lot of talented kids coming through. We need to give them that growth opportunity through the junior grade. So we looked at that first and foremost and said, well, the best thing we can do here is hold some of those kids back this year rather than pushing it through to the twos. We then looked at our twos and we had a bit of a clean out. There was, I mean, people forget, we did bring in, I think it was 17 new players for the club, but about 12 left um, for, for differing reasons. You know, some retired, some went overseas, some you know, decided that it was no longer for them and, and we let a couple go that we didn't think were going to be quite good enough. So from that, the recruiting campaign started and it was really around, um, I'm going to call it money-balling a little bit in regards to, we looked at the SANFL in particular and a number of young guys who played a fair bit of reserves football that we knew had talent but probably were in strong clubs and not being given an opportunity to, to get to the next level yet because they had so many good players around them. And we did hunt 19 to 22-year-olds. Uh, and then we looked into state as well as some of the best 19 to 22-year-olds as well that we could build, build it with over the next three to four years. In answer to your first question, so you have some talent there, they were going to be given an opportunity They've taken that opportunity, first and foremost, the majority of them. Um, they've given our reserves some actual extra depth as well in regards to their ability to play finals as well. The under-18s are obviously playing finals because we've been able to keep the boys down there. So the whole club mentality has been over. We've been able to be stable there. Your last question was probably around, are we surprised at where we are? Yeah, probably a little bit. We're, we're probably in front of where we would have wanted to be. I mean, if you talk to the playing group and Paul in particular, they'll say the aim was to make finals and we tick that box. Um, but realistically, when I was first coming in, I was probably thinking Gee, we might be a year or two away before we're actually ready for that. But um, I've been really surprised by a number of things that I've seen. And until you're in that inner sanctum, you don't probably see it from an outside. But there was a lot of guys there that were hungry for success, and it just turned no, no stone unturned to make sure that they gave themselves that opportunity. Well, Mark, it's been a really good year for the club. The women winning the grand final, the reserves and leagues still in the finals as well. So congratulations to uh, everybody at Centrals and um, the season's still alive. So all the best this weekend in hopefully what is still this beautiful sunshine at Adelaide Oval. Appreciate the call, boys. And yeah, hopefully we can go again. Mark Ross joining us from Centrals. It is a good story, men. I think that everybody likes to see a successful Central District. It wasn't that way in the uh, early 2000s. Everybody was waiting for them to lose a grand final. (laughs) But they had some really challenging times. And you go back to the year um, 2020 where there were discussions of the club even folding because of what was going on with COVID. So the fact that they're back there now, um, we know what happened in the grand final for the women's team. But to see that fight... The supporters always turn up. And one of the things you've said every week I speak to you about the doggies, they're really hard to beat at home. Well, they were hard to beat away from home and at Adelaide Oval, which is where you've got to win the grand final. And that's where they had to get it done. And they did on the weekend against Port Adelaide. A couple of really interesting points there. You're right. They We raised, I was there at the time, 250 grand in two, uh, 2020 through COVID because the club was battling a little bit. And they have turned over the list so much that I love his phrase there, moneyballing. Now, if you haven't seen the movie Moneyball, you've got to go watch it. It's about baseball, about the Oakland Athletics, how they went out and rather than picking players on, I guess, talent or what they look like, let's just go on stats, let's go on ability and let's try and get as many as we can and see if we can make them all fit in the team. And 
as a result, their league's playing on the weekend in the semifinal. Their reserves are playing on the weekend in the semifinal. Their under-18s have made the finals as well. So it has certainly paid off with that depth that they've been looking for. And uh, the last point of that is the Central Districts fans. I've definitely copped a fair bit of feedback the last couple of years from them. But you have. I love their passion. Um, it's one of the great things about sport. I'm watching Wrexham at the moment, which is elite. And I love the fans and the passionate fans. And Centrals have that, which is I'm looking forward to seeing their faithful in full force on it's the gonna weekend. Be a huge Huge weekend of Sandful finals. Nothing beats it. Of course, it feels like the finals. Fierce rivalries, the host plus Sandful league. Um, and it's been a big show so far as well. Still plenty more to come on the Sandful show on SENSA. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful league. Oh, it's been a massive show. It's great to be back. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. It certainly feels like finals at Adelaide Oval. Before we get your tips, men's, if you have missed the show today, of course, you can listen on the podcast. We caught up with Ken Farmer medalist Lockie Hosey and footy boss from the Doggies, Mark Rosso. It all begins on Sunday with the first semi final, the double blues taken on the Doggies. What are your thoughts, men's? Yeah, it's a really interesting game, this one. Sturt, start versus Central's finishing well is what we're going to look for. The inside mids of the Double Blues has been their strengths, and we know what Central's outside run is like. But um, I think you got to look at who are the match winners. Uh, and you mentioned it, Aiden Grace's game on the weekend was elite. Now, Will Coomless is out with suspension, so it means that Luke Edmonds will likely go to him. Down the other end of the ground, Burrows and Hone have been good for the Double Blues, so they will need to stand up on the big stage. Oh, I see this being under a kick. Mm. I really do. Um I almost feel like I'm going to go Centrals. I just think their momentum is with them. And um, Sturt without Guy Page, Edmund, uh, Guy Page, Coombless and Wilson, that's massive. I'm so shattered for Paddy Wilson because we've continually spoken about him and Tom Lewis, especially if they stay fit, they will keep performing. And it was great to see Tom Lewis. I mean, it's weird when you say it. it's great to see Tom Lewis get through a game. Yeah, injured. I know. It's, you're spot on. Their midfield, starting midfield of Battersby, Lewis and Wilson is as good as any in the comp. Unfortunately, we just haven't seen it anywhere near enough. Yep. So that will be a big game. Look, I think Sturt will win. Um it was a, a brilliant performance from the Doggies, but there's a reason why Sturt have been so good this season. Um, but again, they've got three big outs. So. They do, and every time I've picked against the Dogs, they seem to win. So They do that in spite of you. They yes, do it on purpose. Correct. So they, gonna, they play this audio. I am looking... <laughs> They do. I am looking forward to seeing the Dogs faithful this weekend and a massive game there. This, speaking of a massive game, Glenelg taking on Adelaide at 3.15, the second semifinal. This is going to be an interesting game. We've alluded to it. Does Kieran Strong come back in and does Matt Crouch play? Yeah, and I look, I don't think Matt Crouch will play after hearing you speak at the start of the show about probably being advised by his management. This is a hard thing because it turns into a player decision, into a football decision, and yep. players just want to play football. Kieran Strawn, I'm not too sure, listening to Jack Madgen this morning, he sounded quite confident, but also what they have missed is the likes of Harry Schonberg as well, who's out for the rest of the season with um, injury. So... Uh, look, this is, again, another challenging game for Adelaide where they did a really good job against Sturt over the weekend, but Glenelg are just way too good. What are the differences when it comes to playing at Strata Armour and playing at, at Adelaide Oval? Are they very similar in regards to the way that the Oval structured from your experience? No, Strata Armour is definitely smaller and it's not as fast a deck as the Adelaide Oval, which is where the Crows will really back themselves. Now, Glenelg 
have got some really good inside mids and some outside run too. Lions and Allen have had a great year. Snook's in there too. But Adelaide will definitely back themselves on the outside. Haightley, Berry, these guys will look to spread from contest and that's where they will see their advantage. But I guess where's the game going to be won? Well, you've got to look at both ends of the ground in this one. Hosey, McBean and Reynolds up against arguably Borlace, Keane, both been playing out for footy, maybe Parnell. So that's going to be a great matchup. At the other end, I'm really looking forward to seeing the team of the year fullback, Toby Pink, go to Lockie Gallant. Um, and so it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Adelaide They're going to miss Matty Wright, Adelaide. They'll yep. miss their skipper who's accepted that one-week ban, and the experience is something that you need against experienced players for the base. Without a doubt. Nan Curvis out for the rest of the season as well. So it is going to be a very close game. Adelaide has actually had Glenelg's number this year. They just lost to him, and then they beat them at Stradorama. But I think Glenelg... Off the freshen up, which Lockie Hosey mentioned, the guys will be ready to go. Yep, I think the Bays win that one as well. Mans, you can listen to you on um, SENSA across Sunday for the full commentary as well. It's been great spending time with your fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandfall League. It feels like finals. Mens, I'll catch you next week. It's Enjoy great the to footy. have you back, Walshie. I'll catch you next week.